Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined by my esteemed, incredible, talented, smart colleague, Cam Inman of the San Jose Mercury News, who has been covering the 49ers, well, I think almost since the beginning of time. Would that be correct? (laughs) No, since the beginning of their Super Bowl drought almost, but no, not even that. (laughs) 2000 was when I first started doing it. So, uh, but having grown up in the Bay Area and been a bandwagon fan of whenever teams are winning, you follow them. So I've been following the 49ers since uh, the catch days of Joe Montana to Dwight Clark and all that stuff. So yes, a lot of a lot of eyeballs have been watching of the 49ers in my head. So yes. Well, that I like the way you put that. A lot of eyeballs have been watching mm-hmm. him in mm-hmm. your head. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a big weekend. I I might be overselling it, but we did. We had a big weekend. Cam and I spent a lot of time at Levi Stadium in the media workroom. We spent a lot of time waiting around because the 49ers did not have a draft pick until originally 99. They traded up to get one at 87, but they had their draft class set. They've signed a plethora of undrafted free agents. Rookie minicamp is less than two weeks away. And let's talk a little bit about this 49ers draft class. The 49ers were in a similar position as they were last year in that the roster is relatively set. There were, they weren't filling a ton of needs except for one very glaring need at kicker, which we will get to shortly. I'm sure everybody knows I'm very excited to talk about it. But they had 11 draft picks originally. They ended up with nine. So let's just talk through them a little bit. Cam, we'll start with the first one. Jair Brown, safety, who looks like he could end up being a really good fit for this team. Oh, he better be if he's their top pick. Um I mean, you never really know, right? Last year, you go back, and their last pick was Brock Purdy, and we met him at rookie camp, and we're like, gosh, he's a really nice kid. It's too bad he's never going to get a chance to play here behind Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever, and then next thing you know, he's their franchise quarterback. So right. is Jair Brown their franchise safety of the future next to Talano Hufanga? I mean, it sure sounds that way, the way they were mm-hmm. – um, the way everybody seemed to sell him, and they were all so excited and – and he was excited from what we could hear from the phone call with John Lynch and then with us. So um, it's interesting, though, Tracy, because I guess you can kind of like look at ro- football rosters and say, what are the positions that are least important, which is hard to do because everybody's important in football. It's, you know, the 11 man, everybody has to pull their own weight. And it's just like, the Niners haven't done much emphasis in past years on safeties, and now they've got Hufanga, who was, you know, a, a day three, was he a day three pick? Yeah, two years ago, and now you have a third round pick. The Niners have been really hit and miss on third rounders. So, and it's not necessarily them; it's also the the, the player has to live up to his potential. And um, I think Jair Brown's excited to, to do that, and I think he's got a great opportunity. I mean, you're you're stepping into a defense that has so many stars to it. And then you don't have to step in in week one if, as long as Deshaun Gibson's healthy and ready to go. And yeah, um, I'm just, I'm curious to see, cause it sounds like everybody's really pumped up on the guy. Um, and if John Lynch is a hall of fame safety and, and likes him, then I don't know how anybody could dispute it. 
So Yeah, I think that is a very good point. I think that's something that maybe doesn't even get talked about enough is that you do have a Hall of Fame safety picking a safety. And he certainly was very pumped up to, about him. And you bring up a, a point that my, apparently my dog wanted to chime in there. You bring up a point that I think is really important is that he doesn't have to step in, assuming Deshaun, Deshaun Gibson is healthy. He doesn't have to step in week one. And that takes a lot of pressure off of a player because I do think it, it becomes hard when you're a first pick, second pick, third pick. Trey Lance was kind of in a different situation, but you're often going to not a great team and you're kind of looked at as the savior and it creates a whole lot of pressure. You know, Jair Brown is obviously not in that situation. So I think he will be a fun one to watch. And I think this could be a really exciting well, pick. You know, the, I mean, when they drafted Javon Kinlaw in 2020, there was such a huge amount of pressure on him mm-hmm. because he's a first round pick. He's your top pick and you, you have to replace an all pro and you got to do so on, on a bum knee, which yeah. was on the Niners for drafting him that high if he has a bad knee. And then they don't exercise his fifth year option this week. And it's no surprise because he hasn't played much, but they haven't given up on him and they're going to have him in a part-time rotational role. And so they actually, so then you get back to the pressure thing and they say, well, he doesn't have pressure on him anymore. Okay. It's like, he doesn't have to live up to the first round status because he didn't. Um, now it's just, we need you to play some football, but you don't have to be the mainstay starter now that we got Javon Hargrave. So um, it, this draft class has no pressure on them except for one guy who's the next guy you're going to bring up. <laughs> BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yes, exactly. And I think that was true of last year's draft class, too until Brock Purdy came in as a starting quarter. But even then, it's not like he knew that that was going to be the case going into it. And that's probably part of why he was able to handle it so well. But we can talk more uh, Brock Purdy later. Yes, the next guy I'm going to bring up is the great Jake Moody, kicker out of the University of Michigan, nicknamed Money Moody because he's money. He's been absolutely unbelievable for the Michigan Wolverines. And the 49ers have had probably the best kicker in football right now or over the last several years in Robbie Gold. And Kyle Shanahan talked about the other night, he's never had to worry about it. He sends him out there. He assumes it's going in. And most of the time it did. And Kyle Shanahan does not like thinking about kickers. He hasn't had to. He doesn't want to start now. So the 49ers use a third round draft pick, number 99, on Jake Moody, as you guys obviously know and can tell. I'm a big fan due to his Michigan days. The man has kept me from tears on more than one occasion. And Cam, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in Colorado Springs, huddled around Nick Wagner's computer watching that Michigan-Illinois game. Yep, he came in there at the end, game-winning kick, and I was so nervous that I was going to vomit. And that was a game Blake Corum got injured, so that was a really tough game for Michigan. So they bring in Jake Moody, and he's got, yes, 
all the pressure on him because they took him so high and because they need him to be the next Robbie Gold. I honestly, in all seriousness, taking all the Michigan bias aside, I have no doubt in my mind he'll be that person. He really is just money. And as everybody talks about the ice in his veins, and I think having played at that university, at that level, he's been so successful on the road, at home, and he had to play for Jim Harbaugh. So I believe the combination of all of it. (laughs) Exactly right. And, you know, and his last name is five letters and ends in D-Y like Brock Purdy's. So... Oh, well, (laughs) how has no one brought that up yet? (laughs) I mean, you have to have a really keen scout take like myself to figure that kind of stuff out and connect the dots. Um, But so in anticipation of this pick, I did research on Niner kickers, and I think they drafted six in their history before Jake, and none of them had lasted longer than two rounds. Um, But that being said, the last time they went to the Super Bowl and won it, they did so with a rookie kicker who was drafted in the third round. That was Doug Bryan. Mm. Um, and so I got a hold of Doug on Saturday. Okay. Saturday, Yeah. And um, and we rehashed what that was like, what the pressure is like as a rookie kicker coming into a situation where it's Super Bowl or bust. And he said he was, you know, is a, a mixture of being thrilled, excited, stunned and also terrified. And he had an okay rookie year. Um, he got cut six games into a second season and he had had a hip injury or pelvic injury uh, just from being overworked between going from college straight through his rookie season. Um, and then he was shelved throughout the uh, second year off season. So um, he never got in the rhythm, got cut, but he wasn't a bad kicker because he had a 12 year career. Um, and he said the biggest advice he has for Jake Moody and I don't think it's a surprise at all was you have to get your mental game set because there's going to be so many pressure packed kicks. And if you miss one, everybody's going to be, all eyes are going to be on you. So you have to figure out how are you going to deal with that and and get past it. So um, any draft pick is they're the greatest thing in the world, right? Well, until they screw up and everybody's going to screw up at some point. Um, And so it's a matter of how are you going to deal with that adversity and how are you going to blend in? I mean, he's, uh, like you said, he, he was at a big program. He performed real well. And uh, that's why he, they draft him. And I don't think it was a reach. I mean, you had all these third round picks that were gifts by compensation, right? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. minority hiring uh, practices that the NFL offered. So it's like, well, if you don't have a fourth rounder and you know he's going to get probably picked by somebody else in the fourth rounder, like the Cowboys, uh, because they hadn't gone out and signed Robbie Gold yet, then, then and they were picking it. everyone from Michigan. Just I'm just saying, as an well, aside, they were also well, picking everybody's going to pick everybody from Michigan, right? Except the Eagles, they only pick Georgia guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, Robbie knew Levi Stadium better than anybody, and by knowing it, it's knowing the wind currents because you have those two open ends from the west side that can really mess with kickers, the flight of the football, and then mess with their heads. So mm-hmm. Jake, Jake Moody, just like he should just bring a tent and um, not even a tent, just bring a sleeping bag and sleep on the grass for the next four months to figure out how the wind currents. Well, he also, he mentioned, which was interesting, that he has a bit of a relationship with Robbie Gold. They have the same agent. They spent time together at the Combine. Robbie came to Indianapolis from Chicago to have lunch with him. And it was interesting that Jake said, and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said they didn't talk to Robbie about it, but that Jake felt that Robbie was somewhat passing the torch to him, that I guess he had a pretty good feeling, as we all did, me especially, but as we all did, that this is who they were going to take and they were going to take him high. 
And so I think he also has the benefit of that tutelage of Robbie Gold, who maybe is going to be open to sharing some of that information with him. But I also thought it was interesting when we talked to Adam Peters on Saturday, the 49ers assistant GM, that they said they put him through the workouts where or scenarios where the music was really high and he had to run right out there and kick the ball, like the whole thing with, with crowd noise. And he did great. It's obviously not the same as a game. But when we talked to Ronnie Bell, who went to Michigan and the Fortnite's picked much later, he talked about the ice in his veins. And that's the thing that everybody always says about him. So we'll see. It remains to be seen. You know, he, mm-hmm. of course, he will screw up once. And this we have no control over. But in your opinion, What's, is it better, probably better for him to screw up early, get it out of the way? No, just don't screw up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a lot. It's not like the quarterback saying, I need to get the first hit out of the way so I can feel like I'm in the NFL. Just, I don't think there's ever going to be a good time. As long as it's not with the NFC championship game on the line, like last year, you got to, I don't know. I don't think there's a great answer for it, but I do know that the, here's the full circle world of the NFL is Robbie Gold got his start as a 22 year old kicker. Um, his first real kicks other than being cut from the Patriots training camp was his first real kicks were in 2004, I think. Yeah. 2004, 2005 with the Chicago bears. And the guy he replaced was Doug Bryan. Oh, we just talked about. So it's, how about that? Look at that. Well, I will say this for Jake Moody. He's 12 for, he was 12 for 12 at extra points against Ohio state. He was six for six in field goals against Ohio State the last two years. That would be at home on the road. And there is no bigger game at the University of Michigan than Ohio State. And to be perfect at Ohio State uh, yeah. is pretty incredible. And that Illinois game, if memory serves, was an, a road game as well. Tracy, what were his what were his touchback stats? Because the guy's going to be their kickoff specialist too, and that's 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 a prerequisite as a Niner kicker now because they don't want Mitch Wisnowski kicking off. So. Jake Moody's going to have to uh, moonlight. And everybody said Robbie's leg was getting like, obviously Robbie's older, but they said he was losing power in his leg, which I don't believe it's um, a lot of times in those special teams, they don't want you kicking it through the end zone because they don't want to gift them the 25 yard line. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Robbie would try to get it, you know, on the two to one yard line. So the guy would have to return it and rely on the kicking coverage to get down there. And there were too many times where, uh, the last couple of years where a returner would get through and then Robbie Gold would have to put his body on the line and try to um, make the tackle. And the Niners better button up that because they can't afford to have a Jake Moody getting hurt on kickoff coverage. No, they did. That would be, that's like the worst case scenario. And then so we'd I'm have to bring back Zane Gonzalez. I'm going to go ahead and say, God forbid yes. that that happens because yeah, we just changed him with this podcast too. So. We did not. Yeah. We did not because I have we, all the confidence. No, let me tell you why we didn't because I have been tweeting for two months, basically since the, since the combine about Jake Moody. I've told anyone who asked and some who didn't that they were going to take him at 99. So I think all that I do is put positive vibes out there for Jake Moody. He's going to be the 49ers leading scorer in 2023. <laughs> Oh gosh, that will, that's, you know, we want to hear a fun fact about fun facts since you bring this up. Five fun facts was born because when I first started covering the 49ers, this is 2015. So it was the year before I first started being credentialed, but in 2015, uh, no, I'm sorry, 2014, this team was it? Well, one of the two years. All right. Was Colin Kaepernick uh, thriving at that point or not? No, no, no. There was no thriving. Was Jim Harbaugh the head coach at that point? Uh, yes, Jim Harbaugh was. So it was 2014. Correct. So they were not scoring 
except the, the leading scorer on the team was Phil Dawson. And I was really trying to get my business off the ground and try to do things that were different and do content in different kind of ways. And because Phil Dawson was the leading scorer on the team, the kicker, I did five fun facts about Phil Dawson. And that's how five fun facts was born. How about that? So there's that. There's a little fun fact about fun facts and kickers for you. And Phil. Fun Phil. And there was alliteration. So I was into that too. So that's, there's that. All right. I guess we've talked enough about Jake Moody, but honestly, I could talk about it all day long. So if anybody else wants to talk about it, just let me know. Uh, let's move on to Cameron Latu. And I don't know that we def- necessarily need to go through every single one of the picks, but it's kind of an interesting group. Let's move on to Cameron Latu, tight end. So they draft two tight ends. So let's yeah. put these, let's put them together. Braden Willis and Cameron Latu, who my autocorrect keeps wanting to make Cameron late. So what? I know that's I, I, mine's going to want it to make Cameron Inman because that is, that would make sense. Right. Growing up as a Cameron was not as popular as now because everybody thought my name was Ken or Sam or Kim. And now all these cams are in the NFL and around the league. And it's just, it's very commonplace. So, and it was a little confusing on our zoom with Cameron the other night. Yeah. We're going to have to, one of us has to be cam and one of us has to be Cameron. I have seniority. So he's, he's Cameron for now. That seems fair. That seems fair. I think also we probably won't be doing a lot more Zooms with him. So I think it'll be a little bit easier. But, you know, here's the thing that struck me about him and Braden Willis is they're coming to a 49ers organization that has one of the top two tight ends in the National Football League and George Kittle. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I asked Willis this, but Cameron Latu also touched on it was just how excited they are to learn from George Kittle. And I think Latu was part of the tight end. You um, was it last year or whatever. And so he has familiarity with George. And if, if you're a tight end, like you're not necessarily coming to take his job, but you're going to learn the, there's so much to learn about playing tight end, about the blocking and the physicality and the violence. And just every play is just the car crash because mm-hmm. you're in motion more than a lineman. And you're either blocking or else you're going out in patterns. And I love the fact that the Niners addressed it. I did like five fun facts of what's going to happen on draft day. And one of them was their, their, one of their first picks on Saturday was going to be a tight end. And it's because they had an opening. They only had three tight ends coming in with Kittle and Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Dwelly has great hands, but he fell out of favor last year was became healthy scratch guy, which is really, yeah. that didn't happen his first few years in the league. And then Warner was a guy that was a blocking tight end, but he didn't block great last year. Uh, never gets thrown the ball and he's not going to now that McCaffrey and Debo are around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just, you needed that extra tight end sizzle. And I think you get it um, with these two guys that, they're they're going to be developing. They're not like just like George was. I mean, George came in as a fifth round tight end, just like um, well, not, neither one of these guys are fifth or third and seventh. But George was scrawny, and what? he like you know kind of came in the league and was feeling it out, and then going into that second year, he became big time George Kittle, and now he's superstar uh, pro wrestler wannabe George Kittle, and his passion and he's the spirit animal of the team, and. I, these guys aren't going to take his job, but I mean, I don't know how long George is going to be able to play at that level. He's been playing what seven years. Is he going to have like the 20 year tight end career of some of these longtime guys? I don't know, but 
the Niners needed to get some younger guys in there um, to develop them. And they're going to be learning from George and um, some good coaches. So. And potentially take a little bit of pressure off George at times. So maybe he can have a little bit longer career. Well, that, they, they've threatened to do that for years. They say, we want to find somebody to compliment George. So it's not all on him, which is kind of BS. It's also, we need, we need to have the, like you just saw, you, you lose a player. You better have somebody that can fill in after him. And, well, especially a quarterback on this team, but yeah. Right. And, and George played was relatively healthy last year after missing those first couple of weeks with a groin injury. Um, and he had his best season in terms of production because he's such an invaluable safety valve for a young quarterback with Brock or, or Trey, as it might be to start the year. So, yeah. All right. Moving on to Darrell. I think it's Darrell Luter, cornerback. Uh, cornerback is an interesting conversation generally for the 49ers. Emmanuel Mosley leaves in free agency. Obviously, Charvarius Ward is the starter on one side. In my opinion, Diamador Lenore is the starter on the other. It would be his job to lose, uh, but I don't know who he would lose it to, but it would be his job to lose. They brought in a couple people in free agency. In theory, Isaiah Oliver becomes the nickel because they seem to have soured somewhat on Sam Womack. But I also hesitate to say this that or say that this early in his career because it felt like last year at this time they'd soured on Diamador Lenore and he had a really good camp. And when Emmanuel Mosley goes down in week five, he comes in and it was up and down. But by the end of the season, I think he'd found his footing, literally and figuratively. So there's that. But they bring in Daryl Luter. But then after Lenore... The backup, in theory, is Ambry Thomas. They definitely seem to have soured on him, though we'll see what his offseason and preseason is like. But what did you think of this pick? The Ambry Thomas out of the University of Michigan. Ambry Thomas was out of the University of Michigan. Think about this. A year ago, Ambry Thomas was the starter at cornerback too, right? It was it was he he Well, he was the back he would have been the backup to Manuel Mosley. I don't think anyone thought he was taking a but he finished he finished his rookie year as a starter. And like and Lenore finished his second year as a starter. Um, but Lenore like just seemed to ascend and gain confidence repeat like even in training camp, you saw how aggressive and um feisty he was and that that goes a long way i like i think cornerbacks are the most replaceable position in the nfl because the way the rules are set up they're meant to get beat and mm-hmm. it's a matter of what can you do to prevent that because the quarterbacks pass happy league they're coming at you and when you have finally have a lockdown guy on one side with charverius ward except when dk metcalf let him up in the playoffs i love charverius ward mm-hmm. um and so it's kind of like okay well who can be on the other side so looter comes in and just when we did the zooms with him, you could tell how mature he was and grounded um, because he came up through the JC route. He didn't play at a big time school. He played at South Alabama. Um, I think he's from Mississippi. So he's not going to be a West Coast guy. But now all of a sudden it's like, OK, he knows what's expected of him. And he said, I'm going to get there. I'm going to learn the playbook. I'm going to stick to a veteran um, and learn the game. And that's one of those things where you go, OK, I guess Tarverius Ward's the veteran of the group. Right. And it's yeah. like. He well, you really, I mean, this is where you go. I really wish Jason Verrett was still on the roster, even though he's not playing, because Jason Verrett was invaluable these last couple of years for the younger cornerbacks and really teaching them stuff in the film room the way Sherman did. Mm-hmm. And you need that. And so <clears throat> they got to school up Daryl Luter. And, um, you know, Steve Wilkes is uh, taking over as a defensive coordinator. He's going to have a big hand in all those secondary guys. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see how he does because. Like you said, you really never know what a cornerback can do until they're in the fire. 
And um, we won't see that really until training camp when they get one-on-ones going and uh, see what he can do. Well, and you brought up the maturity, and that was something also that Adam Peters said, that of everyone they met with in this process, that he was the most mature of everybody. So that was very interesting comment and I also think is really important for a cornerback for the reasons that you mentioned they are basically by league rules set up to fail did you know so, that yeah. um did you know that everybody they drafted is 23 years old except for oh I think uh who heck, heck I think Braden Willis and maybe the linebacker D Winters maybe Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think it was D Winters and Jalen Graham. I think both of those guys are 22, but they turned 23 this year. So I'm like, because it seemed like they drafted a whole bunch of old guys, right? That that had been playing five years, six, like, heck, Robert Beal was six years at Georgia. So I'm like, they're bringing in all these old guys, which could be fine because you're a veteran team. But, um, you know, that's in years past, you had like Trey Lance was super young. Uh, yeah so they're not they're not old i think they're seasoned which which could be kind of good that means like that was brock purdy's greatest asset was yeah i played four years in college he's ready to get keep playing so i wonder i was just gonna say i wonder if that is a little bit of the brock purdy effect we saw the brock purdy effect throughout the draft with quarterbacks just going off the board but it could be a little bit of the brock purdy effect and it could also be looking at you know the draft class from a couple years ago and those really, really young guys and kind of how that has played out. So, and I guess, like you said, with a veteran team and also like we said at the beginning with a roster that's pretty set, they kind of could afford to do that on some level. So I think seasoned is a good word. And you brought up Robert Beal and this one's an interesting one because he came from the university of Georgia, didn't quite have the stats as all those guys that went to the Eagle, but his college coach Kirby smart speaks very highly of him. The 49ers seem pretty pumped up on him as well. So kind of interested. He's one of the ones that I'm the most interested to see how he does in the NFL. I um I just like the fact that we learned a new term in their scout room and R&D department of mm-hmm. GTFO. And it means get the, um, get the fellow off the line of scrimmage, so to speak. So to speak. And, <laughs> it's a family spot. Right? That's the fellow. The fellow, that's probably what they mean. Mm-hmm. Put the fellow off the line of scrimmage. So get moving. And I do like that John Lynch said to all of us, you guys know what it means, right? <laughs> no, no, can you explain that? <laughs> like John, John doesn't swear. He's a nice, proper guy, a Stanford man uh, <laughs> on the field. Um, so funny. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait to see him because, okay, if he's really fast, like off, like if he's – let me put it this way. If he's that elite quick off the line of scrimmage, he's not going 173 overall. Um, right. But that's because he had like these superstars in front of him. He It wasn't like he was a scrub on like on South Alabama or something like that. No, no offense to our cornerback. I'm just saying for a smaller program, he was behind like two of the best, like, well, three, four of the best linemen in the league every year. And I watched some highlights of him once he got drafted because I wanted to see him like, okay, I, I, I can see it because He's quick. He can get to it. Um, he's got the long arms, right? Remember he said that the one 49er he emulated was Alden Smith, hopefully mm-hmm. on the field. And because how great Alden – Alden's – one of the cool things about watching Alden was he was quick. He could get in the backfield, and then he would be able to dive at guys' legs with those long arms. And I saw that on Beal a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I kind of see the resemblance on that. Um, and so – I think I like it a lot. Like that's a great value pick in my opinion, because he's been in big situations before. 
Um, he's he's not going to be um, challenging for a starting spot, but there is a starting spot that's kind of open with Drake Jackson, Cleveland mm-hmm. Farrell, and then Beal can work right in there too. So it's like, I think he could probably beat out an Austin Bryant, um, a veteran that they signed. Um, and But I mean, you have to have a nine or 10 man rotation. And if this kid shows anything in the exhibition season, they, they can't put him on waivers. Um, there's two, if he's an invaluable pass rusher, it's like, you have to you have to let them grow, and they got Chris Kosarek to do it. Chris Kosarek is the game changer for yeah. all of those guys, yeah, literally and figuratively. He really is. I mean, what he's able to do in uh, along the line and develop players is incredible. And so, if I were if I were a lineman coming in, which I'm not, and nor will I ever be, but I'd be very excited to learn under Chris Kosarek because, like I said, he is a game changer. Uh, all right, let's talk the linebackers, and then we'll save the second best for last. Uh, D winters at linebacker, which against the Michigan in the semifinal game, oh, yeah. the ball, yeah. he had that pick six, which just was like a dagger to the heart, but whatever. Right. Now he's on the 49ers and then uh, Jalen Graham. So in theory, one of them is the replacement for Aziz, probably mm, winter, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's the well, thing. I guess that's, Demetrius Flanagan fouls. I don't know. I guess well, that's, but, those are hard shoes to fill. Well, Oren Burks is still there too. So I I always think of Oren Burks so much on special teams. Well, I do too. I do too. And that's my thing is if one of these guys shows enough on special teams and they're younger and faster, I mean, Oren Burks has only been in the league, I think five or six years. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, he's not, he's not old, but at the same time, that position where you're a part-time linebacker and you got to be a special team stud. Um, but I mean, he's so well-respected. He's their NFL PA player rep too. So I don't think his job's in jeopardy, but um, for a young linebacker to stick on a roster, the way to do it is by playing special teams. And yeah. if D winter shows that he can make plays all over the field, like, and he was the heart of the TCU defense that John Lynch knew, um, then that bodes well for him to make it as a sixth rounder. See, like, you got to kind of step back and say, okay, this is not the roster of 2017. You're these sixth and seventh rounders should not make this team. Um, So the way they make it is if somebody gets hurt or if they just so prove so exceptional on special teams or in camp, you know, Brock Purdy wasn't supposed to make the team last year, but he proved to have the the offense down and looked like a better quarterback probably than even Trey Lansing training camp. So they weren't going to expose him. They kept him around wisely. Um, It was, that was such a weird just a weird thing with Jimmy on the side field and he stays put and they needed all of the guys and they were able to get along. And it's like, I guess, I mean, in today's NFL, I'm, I'm keep three quarterbacks. Right. And then um, obviously you'd want to keep more linebackers, right? Because they're versatile. They can play in the defense. Um, Fred Warner's been extremely durable. I don't know how durable Dre Greenlaw is because he plays so aggressively and fast. And he gets hurt Um, a lot. He does, and but he was so, so good last season, and he was going to lead the team in tackles if he stayed healthy, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot when you have Fred Warner and All-Pro next to you, right? So um, to me, it wasn't a position of need, um, even though they lost Aziz Alshire, because I, I think you can replace guys. So the fact that they used two draft picks, I'd be like, mm. then again, they were day three picks like above 200. So it's kind of like, okay, take whoever you want. You're not going to get a great offensive lineman. Everybody's freaking out that they didn't draft an offensive lineman. And it's just one of those things where, like Kyle said, it takes time to develop offensive linemen in this league. And the Niners don't have time right no, now. They don't. And and it, it is a vote for Colt McKivitz, but he has been there a while. They've had time to develop him. And they don't have time. They have a window that is rapidly closing. 
Yeah. I would say they have, they, they want to win the Super Bowl. It's going to have to be in the next one to two years because contracts are coming up. You can't pay everybody. Guys are getting older. I mean, it is, you brought up Kittle. And when you said he's been playing seven years, which this will be, will this be a seventh, 2017? Yeah. I mean, and when you said that, of course, I know that, but hearing that just sounds like so long because in my yeah. head, you know, he's still like this, this young player, but at a certain point, you know, in the next year or two, George Kittle, he may not, but he could also be like, I'm 32 years old and I've had a great career and I want to retire. Fred but Warner, he, kind of similar yeah. thing. Yeah. So they got a window yeah. and they don't have time to waste on it. Um, before we waste anybody's other time, let's get to the last draft pick. Well, the second last draft pick was, was your guy from where? Uh, from the University of Michigan, Ronnie Bell. I love this pick. Yes. And I understand that he went to Michigan, so of course I love this pick. But I also love this pick because when you talk about six or seventh routers making the team, I think Ronnie Bell has a really good shot at making this team. I think he could be, as, as uh, Kyle talked about, his punt returner, potentially you know behind Ray Ray. Because Ray Ray McLeod is coming back for another year, correct? Did I make that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, He's yeah. coming back for, but that's the spot. If if, spot. if 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 Ray Ray McLeod gets hurt in camp or something, you need the backup there. Yes, and, and I uh, think that's what that's, probably do. that's Ronnie Bell. Go blue, go Bell. Um, he would be your guy. Oh, blue Bell. Hey, Bell. blue Bell ice cream out of Texas. We also have a cowbell thing at Michigan. We go do 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 do. You may not want to bring up cowbells around Matt Mayoko for a while now that the Sacramento Kings are eliminated. I will. I won't. I won't. But I'm just saying that it's like a Michigan thing. But here's the deal with Ronnie Bell. He so he's like their leading receiver, right? Like three years ago, and then he tears his ACL in 2021, and then he comes back, leads them in receptions again. Which and I and Jim Harbaugh's teams are not pass oriented, correct? They're a run oriented team. But right. the fact that you are the guy um, in the passing game, and he had 62 catch, 62 catches seems like a lot to me uh, in the college. I don't know what it, I don't know if it is, but I'm like that's that's seems like it's a pretty good amount. It is. Yeah. So um, I, I've been curious to see just how he fit. I mean, he fits the Kyle Shanahan mold of um, that kind of a, a receiver, possible return guy, um, not too big. Um, what is he, six foot? That's right mm-hmm. in Kyle Shanahan's wheelhouse. I mean, Shanahan's probably six foot two, right? So, yeah. Oh, look at that. I was calling up to see what they were saying about him on the combine, but. He ran a four or five at the combine. So it's not, he's not blazing fast, but Jerry Rice wasn't blazing fast and knew how to play football. So, and Ronnie Bell knows how to play football. I really, I think that this is a good pick. I think it could end up being one of those, you know, like a Julian Edelman was a six round pick. So just FYI on that. Uh, so I think, and I know that Ronnie Bell was later, but I don't know. I think Ronnie Bell makes his team. I'm calling it now. I think he makes his team even if it ends up being practice squad to start. But I think, I, I think your, I think your blue tinted sunglasses are, uh, are, are influencing your decision there. Maybe, but if he makes the team, you guys heard it here first. Thank uh-huh. you very much. So May 2023. when I was like going over, like just the whole draft review, I had to do a draft review column for today or for early this week was, um, it doesn't matter what they did because it all comes back to the quarterback. Absolutely. I'm like, aside from the kicker who better just do his job, which like you said, Ronnie Bell said that that's what he did at Michigan was all business. Did Uh his job, which perfect. Great. Move along there. This team is going to come down to if their quarterback can perform. And yes, you have Christian McCaffrey that can do so much. And Debo that can do so much. Kittle, Ayuk, great line. Well, great left tackle. Um, 
you need the quarterback. And we're not going to figure that out until September of who's ready to go. Is, is Did yeah. Trey have a good enough offseason? Did he get passed by Sam Darnold? Um, and then do you need to rush Brock Purdy back um, from a significant injury that you shouldn't be rushed back from because your whole career could be derailed by it? And, I mean, it seems like everything's going great. He's not two months out of surgery, though, and he's got four months to go. So it's like... Oh, well, this is just a kind of a, okay, this is one hurdle you have to get, but it's, you got a, uh, you're running a 400 and there's hurdles every what, uh, I don't know how many yards, do they do every 40 yards, something like that? I should know that my son's running track now, but he's not. A yes. This is not my area of expertise, no. but I believe you. Yes. But this is, yes. And these are high <laughs> hurdles that the Niners are running. They're not in the low hurdle race anymore. They're, they're, these are the big boys. So, um, they, it's, it's going to come down to, do they have the quarterback that can carry this through? Because like you said, their windows open. Uh, the NFC to me is wide open. Um, they've gotten all the, all the really good quarterbacks have been afraid of Nick Bosa and have left the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to the jets, Tom Brady to retirement, Drew Brees to retirement, Jimmy Garoppolo <clears throat> to Las Vegas. Um, and it's like, it's, it's go time. It's go get it. I love that you put just put Jimmy Garoppolo in the same. Hey, <laughs> he, he left with forty two victories and sixty one games, including playoffs. That's a I am a I am a Garoppolo fan. I don't understand the slant. I mean, fan in terms of I think he was a really good quarterback, and I think people forget how hard it is to be a good quarterback in the NFL. When you look around, he he wins, and that's you just have to figure out what is he good at. He was great at getting the ball out on time to guys in open space and let them run, and that's the whole offense. So. Yeah. So we'll see. Trey Lance did not do a great job that Brock Purdy did. Um, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But as you said, it all comes down to the quarterback. So mm-hmm. that is just, we're just basically going to be talking about that for the next several months until we know. And then it's, we'll still keep talking about it. Cause that's what we do with the 49ers until, until another Michigan man appears on campus here in Santa Clara. It may, JJ McCarthy. Maybe no, 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 I was thinking bigger guy that has a lot of rings on his fingers. Oh, he, I don't think he's come out of retirement. Well, he will if like the 49ers need a quarterback, if maybe one or two of them get hurt and they say, yo, you want to come play some football at home and hang around with your family? Uh, sure, I'll do that. Won't that be something? We'd be like Michigan West. Um, well, yeah, Michigan West and Georgia East. Yep, basically. The Eagles. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be. That would <laughs> There's our NFC Championship headline, Michigan West and Georgia East. Cam. Thank you for joining me today. Tell everybody where they can find you. I'm at home right now. Oh, oh, you mean on social media? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm on Instagram at 49ers.cam. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is a dying breed. Apparently, I've lost my blue check mark at Cam Inman. Um, I started a Snapchat years ago that I haven't gone on in about two years. TikTok, I started, uh, I think, under 49ers.cam. Maybe I'll start that again. And I got to de- decide whether I want to do a YouTube channel, but I don't want to be the kind of guy that stares into a YouTube camera telling you that I know everything. So it'd have to be something mm. different. So, but I'm not doing a podcast because the, the Tracy Sandler podcast is the best. It's oh, the best. that's nice. Yes. <laughs> that's very nice. Thank you, Cam. You guys, if you agree with Cam, and I know that you do, please leave us a five-star rating and a very positive review. We are t- brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. You guys can follow me at Instagram on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.